This week on Personally Speaking, our guest is Jonathan Rumi, a wonderful actor who portrays Jesus Christ in the wonderful series called The Chosen. The Chosen is so popular around the world that each segment has had about 100 million people watching. Stay tuned as we talk to Jonathan Rumi. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and actor Jonathan Rumi joins me now. Jonathan currently stars in the popular television series, The Chosen, playing the role of Jesus Christ. The Chosen is the first multi-season series about the life of Jesus and is the highest crowdfunded media project of all time with 100 million views. Previously, Jonathan played Jesus in several other films, including The Two Thieves, a touring multimedia project about the life of St. Faustina, Jonathan grew up in New York City and Long Island, the child of an Irish mother and an Egyptian father. He currently resides in Los Angeles, where he's an active member of his Catholic Church, the Church of the Good Shepherd. Jonathan serves on the board of directors for Catholics and Media and heads up a faith-based ministry called the Good Shepherd Professional Entertainment Fellowship, a community of Catholics in the entertainment field who come together to talk about how their faith informs their personal and professional lives. Jonathan is here with us today to tell us about his life, his career, his Catholic faith and values, and what it's like to portray Jesus. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the actor, Jonathan Rumi. We'd like to thank Jonathan Rumi for being with us. Jonathan, I, I want to begin by sharing something that I read about you. I found it interesting. Mother is Catholic from Ireland, father's from Egypt, his grandfather's from Syria, raised Greek Orthodox, converted Roman Catholic, Tell me about the miracle of how all those people from all sorts of parts of the world came together in a love relationship that produced you. Uh, ask God that question. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know that I can explain how that all came together. I just know that uh, it did. And uh, here I am. Um, and I'm grateful for the, uh, really grateful for the environment that I grew up in and, and the variety and the the multiculturalism mm -hmm. that was sort of a, a staple of my household growing up, having the Irish side and the Egyptian side. And right. um, half my family is still Greek Orthodox and, and um, you know, the other half is Catholic. And uh, it's just been, um, it's been pretty wild. So, you know, the um, family of origin, it seems to me, is always very important in who we become. When you look back at your parents, what did they do right in raising you? I think they, uh, you know, led by example in the realms of faith. I think that was the biggest impact that they had on my life is that they took us to church and they wanted us to understand the, the story and the reason why we go to church and, and um, our need for communion, literally and, and you know, metaphorically with God. Um, and uh, I think that just kind of stuck with me, but it was never like, do this or else mm -hmm. you know it was just like this is what we're doing and you know and um like any teenager i was like no nah, i don't want to go to church this week or you know <laughs> and then like i would but i never never Completely fell away or anything like that yeah it was always it was always something there just a seed that was planted and i want to talk grew. about what you're saying in terms of leading by example um 
if I drive badly, which I do often, um, if I'm dressed like a civilian, I don't really much care that I drive terribly and maybe a little rudely. But if I'm wearing this collar, I know I'm mm -hmm. conscious of the person in the car next to me when I cut them off mm -hmm. is going to remember the collar. When you play Jesus, how does that impact on your daily life in terms of you know that people are making some kind of evaluation of not just Jonathan, the actor, but Jonathan who plays Jesus? Man, you know, <laughs> it just kind of puts you in that spot where I think ultimately, and I've said this, but that's a very, um, it, that's a very acute way of, of describing why I say it's made me a better person because it forces me to be a better person on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment, you know, to, to, to catch myself when I, when I want to yell something out the window, if somebody cuts me off or, mm -hmm. you know, or just somebody throwing i saw i was on the southern state parkway yesterday and i saw somebody chucking beer cans out of the window on the parkway i'm like oh and they were like finished beer cans <laughs> oh, like God. wow <laughs> okay so uh on the know, 405 we'd expect that on the 405 here, yes <laughs> in california I'm like yeah uh, <laughs> i've actually not never seen anybody throw anything out the window on the 405 oddly enough wow. i think anything that distracts from driving is so dangerous on that yeah. highway. It's for anybody that doesn't know, it's the biggest highway in I mm -hmm. think, Los Angeles, maybe in the state. And uh, it's, it's, it's like six lanes and it's like, it's crazy. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, it just, it, uh, it's just made me be more um, aware of, of uh, who I'm portraying and the example that I have to lead uh, as a, not just an actor, but as a human for myself more than for anybody else. Rex Reed, I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. He was a film critic, still is, I think, but um, he used to write for the New York Observer and yeah. a bunch of other places. But we were together one night at the dinner. I said, let's do a show about uh, religious films uh, because you've evaluated them. And, you know, obviously I have an interest in me. He said, it would be a terribly boring show. <laughs> I can't see where that was going. <laughs> he said, he said, because they're all predictable. He said, they're all stilted. He said, we know how they end. He said, and they're usually badly made. I mentioned that because The Chosen, on the other hand, mm. has this following 90 million people around the world who take an interest in your show. What is there about The Chosen that has made a religious film so-called not boring, not tedious, not predictable? I think, uh, I think there's a level of um, relatability that we're able to bring in a, in a TV series that you, that you don't get from a two hour movie, you know, mm -hmm. or uh, even a, a six hour miniseries. My, my favorite has been Jesus of Nazareth. That's been yes. hugely impactful on me. And it's loaded with just incredible, you know, uh, uh, just uh, genre, genre defying actors and performances and, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, so much so that it, it rendered me speechless, obviously, there. But uh, that, even then, with six hours, you could only tell so much of the story. You can only connect mm -hmm. so deeply. Um, what we get to do in a multi-season TV series, we're now in the middle of releasing our second season, is take our time building up the, the backstories or, you know, the imposed backstories that for us are scripturally derived and mm -hmm. hypothetical, but based on, you know, archaeology, based on history, based on, you know, uh, authenticity to what these characters were like uh, from scripture and, and what they might have been like in their everyday life. And to just get to know them in a way where if, if 
they're experiencing Christ's humanity uh, and being affected by it, then maybe if we get to see Christ's humanity through them in their lives and how their lives are affected, then maybe we can be changed as, as audience goers, you know? So okay. I think having time, the time and, and, and the, the breadth of, of, um, detail that we're able to uh, explore in a multi-season series. Every season is going to be eight episodes. There's uh, seven seasons planned, mm-hmm. and so we'll have we'll have a whole. I mean, fifty-six hours <laughs> of of time to explore Jesus's life and the people that were most affected by him. Some of the uh, people who've evaluated has also talked about the richness of uh, the fact that you get into Jesus as a person of humor, a person of joy. Mm-hmm. This is a hard question for you to answer. Maybe it's more directed at me, but I find a lot of very religious people take religion so seriously that mm. there's no joy in them. I often say when people come up for communion, some folks look like they just lost their best friend. Mm. And I would think there should be a, a spirit of, this is great. I'm getting to receive the body of Christ. Do you have any idea why people make of Jesus someone devoid of humor or, or happiness when in fact, uh, the richness of his character, as you portray him, is that he was, again, normal, down-to-earth, regular, which meant he had a sense of humor. You know, it's interesting, Monsignor, because I, I, when I was in Texas finishing up filming season two this year, in must have been early March, end of, end of February, early March, I, I wanted to find a mass. We had just moved to a different location, so whenever I get to a new location, I always like to find the church, like a Catholic church nearby, so I can go to mass or get confession if I need it or receive the Eucharist. And the, only, the closest one within miles was uh, a community that was specifically Latin mass, mm. like, like old school. Like I've never seen this right. kind of Latin mass or where everybody's like receives communion on their knees. Mm-hmm. There's kneelers. And I sat in there, I sat down and I looked around and everybody looked miserable. I they know. all looked upset. Yeah. The fathers were like, would you just sit still yelling at their yeah. children? Like mm-hmm. every one of them, like, what is, what's going on? Like, what's <laughs> up with this community? Like, why? 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 The, where's the joy? Where's, where's the, the joy? mirth? Where, yeah. Like, I, I just picture Jesus walking in there being like, guys, lighten up. It's like, we won. Like, I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're good. You know, <laughs> you're good, right? Like, there's a reason to be happy. <laughs> there's a reason for the joy. And I, I think. Maybe it's because Jesus's sense of humor was never really written about. Mm-hmm. It's never on display in the Bible. So I think people just focus on the severity and the teaching and the, and, and the, you know, the, the, the things that would change a person's life and offer them salvation as being life or death, literally spiritual life or death. Uh, and then forget that, but he was a human first, you Mm -hmm. know, he was 30 years in obscurity working as a a human being. If he, if we truly believe that he was a hundred percent human, fully human. Well, part of that is laughing and Mm -hmm. crying and dancing and being silly as a kid. And even as an adult, like who knows, you know, like everything that we experienced, he would have had to have experienced. He was not without joy. I I, I fully believe that he could not have experienced humanity without experiencing the, the rainbow of emotions that we go through as people. So I think because it's not 
obvious from reading the gospels mm -hmm. that he had a sense of humor that he danced at the wedding of cana you know right. but he was at the wedding of cana and we, we he did say that you know people would accuse me of being a drunkard because i drink wine you know and <laughs> john my cousin didn't drink wine so we're like oh well he, he had wine you know like yeah. so that we get only that little glimpse of like he was a normal guy mm -hmm. uh, aside from everything else and then once he started his ministry then the revelation of who he truly was was revealed. I love so that's the, the only uh, thing I can think of. The, I don't know if you guys have recorded it yet, but that scene with the woman, uh, uh, I guess she's Canaanite or she's some other religion, and, and she says to him, uh, well, I'm not married. And he says, you're right. You've been married five times, and the man you're living with is not your husband. Yes. But I thought, he can be funny, sarcastic. Yeah. That's great, but I don't think people think of him that way. No. Until no. they saw Jonathan Rumi as Jesus, you know? Maybe, maybe. And and I think even in that scene, like because we did it, it, the end of season one, culminates in the with the, the woman and uh, the well in Samaria okay and so we do um, I'd be curious to see what you think of it now that that uh, you mm. know like what that it's there uh, and there is a little bit of like tongue-in-cheek kind of like yeah. yeah so what's going on you know uh -huh. and then uh, where that scene leads it's actually one of my favorite scenes uh, to have done in in the show uh, this sort of bookends is that scene in the first episode and the scene in the last episode of season one and that actually culminates season one for us so i get into trouble when i say this but i believe and i i think he teaches us by growing in front of us how to actually live so a thing that i've preached about often enough is uh when he's with the woman who says you know she needs a healing and he says well i'm here for the you know the children of israel not the dogs of other lands right and the fact that Jesus would call someone a dog of another land, and of course, her response, even dogs are entitled to the scraps that fall from their master's tables. Yeah. But some people say, how could you even suggest that Jesus was imperfect enough not to know all things and and say the right things? But I, I think maybe it's a teachable moment that he's showing us that if I can evolve, mm. that prejudice is uh, not for any of us. You yeah. Know? Um, is that one of the scenes you've done yet? We have not done yet. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you, yeah. how many episodes have you seen? How many yeah. episodes? Have you seen any episodes yet? No. You have no, not? no. I've been hearing about this, but I haven't. <laughs> letters. I want lots of letters and emails. But I will now. As soon yes. as this is over, I'm going to see the will. <laughs> so, that is your penance. <laughs> it's not a penance. <laughs> I will say we have not shot that scene. And we very well could shoot mm -hmm. that scene i hope we do yeah because for me i always wondered about that and like how would i play just like the with the wedding at cana when jesus says to his mother woman you know yeah. it is not my hour i'm like well that's kind of you know <laughs> breast for his my mother was smacking yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but then it's like well then when and we have a we have a a, a rabbi who's one of our consultants we have a catholic priest a rabbi and a, a evangelical jason? just jason so yeah, yeah we just had one yesterday you had Rabbi Sobola? Yeah. You're yeah. kidding me. He was great. Ah, oh, he's amazing. He's such a beautiful guy. What you talk about a joyful I, person. I celebrated oh, Passover with him this year. Oh. He's one of my dearest friends. He's a good man. He's become such a close friend. In Kathy Lee Gifford's a friend of ours. She said, you must have right. Rabbi Jason on. Yes, so. he's amazing. Yeah, and, he and just tying the old and the new oh. together. It's, it's he's a, What a good spirit, happy spirit. Going yeah. back to that idea of joy and happiness. He's the walking embodiment of it. He, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's just amazing. Um got where i was going with my that's all right now it's good because um, a uh, segue um <laughs> we had years ago um oh let's, I let's make a deal what's monty, his name monty hall monty hall remember monty hall yes okay and i said you know much of our uh, religious practice echoes your show and he said what do you mean and i said well i think most of us 
in our relationship with God. Let's make a deal. I'll do this if you give me that mm. instead of what it's supposed to be. The key line in your prayer, the one you invented, the Our Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How easy is it for Jonathan, not playing Jesus, Jonathan, to say that prayer, to mean it, and to live it? Thy will be done. I talk a lot about surrender. And every day I'm reminded of it. Um, in fact, a few days ago, I, put, I posted something on Instagram, which was essentially a three-year anniversary of my deeper conversion. Mm. Uh, and that came through the fiat of my surrender. It was at my lowest point in my life, struggling in Los Angeles for eight years, um, juggling uh, half a dozen jobs. Uh, none of just side jobs unrelated to the entertainment industry, n not even able to make money doing regular jobs and finally being brought to my knees uh, in prayer and just saying to God, I surrender. I, mm. I, I, I can't try to control this anymore. I can't, I can't anticipate what my next move is. And so I give it to you and I need you to take this from me and show me where to go. And that day he literally just turned my life around. I got four checks in the mail after oh. being oh. broke and, and like it was, it, yeah. And so all of that started with me completely um, giving myself and every area of my life over to God and trusting him and saying, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take that anxiety on to me because I, I can't control it. And I recognize that. And so I'm free of that anxiety now. Wow. And, and he's like, okay, now I can start working in your life. And then three months later, I got the chosen. You may know the story, but it happens to be one that echoes that John the 23rd, now St. John the 23rd, mm. comes to a point where he's overwhelmed by the job, and he, he writes in his diary, um, uh, basically, uh, you know, um, it's your church. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what you did. Wow. It's, it's, your, yeah. it's your world. It's your, my life is yours. And any, any uh, capitulations the other way? Have you fallen back? In what way? questioning him uh i question him all the time like why okay. would you have me do this why would you you know but i don't question why does it you watch the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why would you set me up with an interview with <laughs> i have to give you a little go um no but I, I i never question who he is or what role or importance he has in my life i might question the particulars of the the journey mm -hmm. but i never question him in fact it's it's only it's only been strengthened my resolve. Like now little things like, for instance, just the, the technical issues trying to make this happen this morning, even mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to go where I'm led. So if this is what you want, I'll, I'll do it. And yeah, you were very cool. We had lots of technical problems to make this interview happening. Lisa, my producer was having a breakdown. Jonathan wasn't. <laughs> I was just like, all right, I guess, I guess I'm just meant to meet him in person. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And like even the last several days, even like I've just felt, you know, just waking up in the middle of the night, just feeling like, like something's was squeezing the air out of me. And I, I really feel that it's just, you know, the enemy, as this thing gets bigger, the enemy is just trying to get mm -hmm. at me any way he can. But it, it, to me, I, I, I'm so like, so okay with it. And I'm so resolved in, in my commitment to God. And I just see it now as a challenge, like any of this stuff that happens and gets in the way, I'm like, bring it. You're mm -hmm. not going to stop me. 
because I got him on my right, side. Right, right. So there's no like it's his work. Throw it at me, and he's throwing it at me here and there, you know. And it's life is changing a little bit for me as as a as a civilian now, as as this thing gets bigger and. Um, Part of it makes me a little anxious, you know, as a human. It's just natural mm-hmm. to be like, what is this going to mean? And like, I, the place where I go for sanctuary is now the first place I'm recognized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, that being churches. So um, it's it's tricky, but I, I, I'm not going to lose. I'm going to try not to lose sleep over it because I, I, it's what he wants. So I just have to offer all of it up uh, to the cross. You've talked in other interviews about uh, being sustained by the sacramental light, both mm-hmm. in the Greek Orthodox and Roman Catholic Church. And you're reminding me, we talked before about my first interview 100 years ago was with the film director, Frank Capra. And mm-hmm. he said, coming as an American or a foreigner to America, I, I noticed that everyone who was successful was WASP. They were these mm-hmm. white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And here I was an Italian immigrant uh, Catholic. So he said, I decided to leave the church um, and by leaving the church, become Protestant. And by becoming Protestant, then I would fit in, be successful. And he said, but every church I went to, it was a, a hollowness in my heart. Mm. And I finally, he said, through my Lutheran wife, was brought back to the Catholic church. Wow. Uh, and she said, you'll never be who you're supposed to be until you go home. But he said what he had missed the most was the real presence in the Eucharist, that that sacramental life in the church was something that was irrepeatable for him anywhere else. Um, You've talked about the power of the sacraments for you. How does it work for you? Um, it works is mm. really the thing. You know, like if I'm struggling, if I'm uh, anxious or if I'm, you know, upset about something and uh, or really wrestling with a, a, a major obstacle in front of me, um, I know that I need to double down on my prayer life and then receive the Eucharist because it brings me a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. It brings me peace. It brings me balance. It it stills my soul, uh, and it changes my disposition. Mm-hmm. And um, and when Jesus is a part of you, that's what happens. Yeah. And to physically receive that, uh, I mean, it's a it's a miraculous transformation that we can have the true presence in the the, the Eucharist, and so. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to feel that sense of peace and that sense of um, just serenity? Um, uh, you know, George from Seinfeld's uh, phrase comes to mind: "Serenity now, serenity, <laughs> serenity now." <laughs> and uh, you know, that's kind of what happens. Like serenity now, <laughs> amen. You know, like body Christ. So that's kind of what happens. Is like I get serenity now by receiving the Eucharist. My chalice that was given to me by my parents back in January of 81 uh, has all the apostles and Jesus around it. And I've always been struck by that. And I use it for First Communion with the kids because they're all invited to the Last Supper, the First Eucharist. Mm -hmm. But in a few hours, they're all going to desert them, deny them. (laughs) They're going to be useless, which brings up the issue, which is in some ways political. We won't go into the specifics Mm -hmm. of politics. People say, you know, people shouldn't go to communion unless they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I look back on that chalice and I say, but none of them deserved it, but he still invited them to the meal. Even Judas is on the side of the chalice. Right. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, is Eucharist something we earn and deserve, or is it just something we desperately need? I think um, St. Francis, St. Francis, well, maybe one day St. Francis, Pope Francis's word, um, words, I believe it's the Eucharist is not the prize for the perfect. It's medicine mm. for the sick. And um, I see that, I, I, I believe that. And I think 
if it's somebody that needs it and wants it, and they're not in a perfect state of grace before receiving it, I don't think God is going to be that upset. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of Catholics and conservative Catholics, especially, I believe, would disagree. Uh, I was one of them. You know, I was one of them. Now, as I have a more fuller understanding, um, I prefer not to mm -hmm. receive it. But if I need it, I'll get it. But you can't expect somebody, somebody that doesn't have the, the deeper understanding of what the Eucharist is uh, to, 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 um, to, to want to wait until they understand and then f go through the steps. Uh, sometimes they may not even be Catholic. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're like, I just need to, I know that's Jesus right. and I need to receive him. It's like, is you think God's going to, uh, this is me. In my mind, is God going to say like, sorry, you didn't check the boxes there. Can you just go to that, right. fill that out and then come back? <laughs> may and, let you back. And yeah. then, I want to thank Jonathan Rumi for being with us. And so that, you don't get caught like I was. Um, I hope you'll get into watching The Chosen uh, and, and to help us know how to do that. Jonathan, how do folks watching and listening to a program like this find The Chosen, follow The Chosen, and become part of the family of people who know what's going on? The best way to watch The Chosen is to download the app. So if you have uh, a smartphone, uh, whether an Android or an iPhone, you can go to Google Play or the App Store download the chosen apps literally called the chosen it's the first tv show to premiere on an app which then through amazing technology that was invented just for this show you can stream it from your phone to your smart device if you have mm. a roku fire stick a chromecast you literally just beam it scotty right over to your tv or your smart device and watch it on your tv absolutely free so Go to the, the uh, stores and download the app. For folks like our parents, yes, um, will this eventually come out in a format like DVD or things like that? The first season is on DVD. Uh, okay. Subsequent seasons will be released on DVD. Good, good. Um, uh, if, I think you can also maybe even watch it on your computer, The Chosen, mm -hmm. www.thechosen.tv. Okay. You can watch episodes on your computer. Um, but the most content and where future episodes are going to be released will be through the app. They're trying to push everybody to, to, through to the technology. You're a technological guy. <laughs> and my promise uh, before the good Lord is that next time we have Jonathan on, I will have seen every chapter of the, of the program. Up. You'll be wearing God. the t-shirts, the merch, everything, the hats. I have to go to confession now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Jonathan Ruth for being with us. I thank hope you'll all watch The Chosen. And I thank him not just obviously for what he does on the program, but uh, for what he does as a person in terms of sharing openly, honestly, his faith, his journey. Uh, and it's wonderful to, to hear and a guy who's uh, not got a formulated answer, not a canned answer, but who's spontaneously sharing with us uh, the ups and downs of his own life. I thank him for his honesty and his goodness. Jonathan, thanks for being on our program. Thank you, Monsignor. Yeah. <laughs> as we end today's program, I want to thank all of you for being with us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can reach me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to past episodes by going to YouTube and punching in personally speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And don't forget to click like and subscribe. Also, personally speaking, is available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com or www.closeencountertv.com or www.ollmp.org. I'd like to thank all of you who are out there supporting our program. 
Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jumasanti. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. Personally Speaking is made possible by the generosity of many. I hope you'll be one of the people supporting our program. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.